we're live. Hello, Amphon. Great to see you. Hey, hello, Jens. It's great to be here and great to see you. Good. So for everyone who is live, you're welcome to let us know from where you watch this and put it into the chat so we can say hi to you as well. So let's see if everything is on here. I think voice tone should work. Good. Amphon, be, before we go into the topic, tell us a little bit about who you are and introduce yourself. Uh, absolutely. Um, my name is Dr. Amphon Akpan. I am assistant professor of accounting at Methodist University in Fayetteville, North Carolina. So, uh, and I'm excited to uh, be here. Yes. Good. What is what is the topic that you would like to talk about today? Oh, well, I'd like to really talk about the 10-10 rule. And uh, yes, it is very, um, when we talked about doing this, I, I had to get some inspiration. And I get my inspiration from Netflix. And, and, and I was watching a, a movie and it's a very good movie. It's called Me Time. Me Time with Kevin Hart and Mark Wahlberg. So two of my favorite actors. And I'm watching this movie and there's a scene, so I'm not gonna give any spoilers. So there's a scene in the movie where uh, Mark Wahlberg's character and Kevin Hart, they're, they're together and they're, they're best friends. And Mark Wahlberg is really, he's, he's bragging on Kevin Hart and because Kevin Hart's a musician. So they're in a group, a room, room full of people and Mark Wahlberg's character says, hey, you know, this is my friend, he's a musician. He created a whole album. I mean, he was so excited about it. And then everybody in the room, they were saying, well, okay, this is great. Where can we download the, the, the album? And then Kevin Hart's character, he looks at them and he's like, uh, you can't download it, it's on CD. So everybody's looking and like, and then one person's like, what's a CD? <laughs> so then I said, that's what we're going to talk about uh, when I meet Jens. And it's, it really, what popped into my mind was something called the 10-10 rule, which uh, an author, it's a great book by Stephen Johnson. It's, uh, the title of the book is Where Good Ideas Come From. And I know you love this, Jens, The Natural History of Innovation. And in the book, he talks about this 10-10 rule, and he gives an example of how it, it used to, it used to take 10 years for technology to be developed, and then 10 years for it to be adopted. And one of the examples that he gives is a black and white TV to color TV. Right. So if you think about it, what's interesting about that and how this all ties into Netflix and, the, and this movie, really it's, it, it, it does tie into this, is that you think about that 20 years, many people call that a generation. Mm 
So you would think, well, okay, I've got black and white TV and then my kids will have something else. They'll have color TV, but I'll keep using black and white TV. But that doesn't apply right now. That doesn't apply right now because technology is advancing so fast. And I thought that that, that, that tied in, because I know you're, you're a guru on innovation, and that tied in to, to the point where, because I can remember CDs, I'm not going to date myself, but I can remember CDs. And there's literally someone there is like, well, wait a minute, what is a CD? So what I'd like for, for those individuals who are entrepreneurs or entrepreneurs to take away from this and from all of this with the movie and the 10-10 rule is that defense is necessary and offense is mandatory. So that's the through line for today, meaning it's mandatory that you have to be working on innovation, looking for ways to, to innovate and improve your business, improve your processes. Defense on that side means you've got to also know what your competition is doing or what is out there in the marketplace. And if need be, you've got to copy it or figure out a way to, to, uh, to either improve upon what other people are doing in order to really stay in the, in, in the game, if you look at it from perspective. And I also give that caveat from an entrepreneurship perspective as well. So that's where that comes from, yes. Yeah. So if, if we keep, keep this spinning from an improvement perspective, so one part is, of course, if you're working in a large organization, then you're kind of more the entrepreneur, you're thinking differently. What does it mean if you say, let's go into offense is mandatory from how do you work with yourself on your skill set and developing yourself? Yeah, you really have to uh, work on number one, understanding your marketplace. And you, you really have to have your feelers out into what else is going on in the marketplace. So I can give you a personal example. And I can give you uh, a business example. So for my example, as a professor, I know at, at this time, I, I'm fighting against screen time. And when I say screen time, I mean the phone, right? Students being on their phone. And that could be anything from watching movies to being on TikTok to being or on Snapchat or some type of app. I also know, as well as publishers know, that most students are not going to read. If I, if I told my students to read 30 pages, they're not going to read 30 pages. And most textbooks are more so reference materials. So they use them. So if you give, you give a, uh, some questions, they'll go to the book and reference it, not necessarily read it. So, so that's understanding the, the environment. So either you're, you're, you're going against the grain or you're going with the grain. So what happens, you have publishers, and I guess I'll give a plug to McGraw-Hill. They have something called SmartBook, where you assign the SmartBook, it has questions, and the student, it, it, if they get it wrong, it takes them to the textbook where they can read the material. So, it, so it, they're not reading the whole material, but they're covering the concepts and it keeps them engaged. So understanding that is key. So, that, so that's one example. The other example from the business side, and this, 
and, and I guess it's ironic, I'm going to go back to Netflix. And, and this is a matter of fact, I was in class uh, yesterday, we were talking about this. If you have the Netflix app on your phone, they have a little tab that says laughs, and it looks like TikTok. And I, and I was telling my students this, go ahead, go download the Netflix, go and look at it on your phone, it looks like TikTok, why? Well, because, and you may say, well, Netflix is, is streaming, they streaming uh, movies and content. So this ties into the question you were asking. You have to be aware of what's going on in, not only in the streaming market, so Netflix is facing competition from other streaming platforms, right? They're eating away at their market share, so that's competition. But also they're facing uh, competition for screen time. Because now you have social media, people are spending more time on TikTok versus uh, Netflix. So here, here's the offense. They've got to constantly being innovative with their content, their business model, moving from buying content to licensing content, adapting their, their platform to become more engaging against other streaming platforms. But on the defense, they're copying TikTok to try to keep people on their, their platform and grab, grab screen time. So you've got that offense, right, which they have to continue to do because you've got competition eating away at market share. And then you have the defense pulling away as well from other areas. So, so that, that's how that, that ties in. Yeah. And I think what is, I love the example you, you said from a student perspective, because if we talk about leadership and bringing young people into the workforce, they're coming from such a different background than the two of us grew up. Like, I still remember, you said CDs, I still remember <laughs> tapes. Right. Uh -huh. So that, that requires one part from both directions, like the senior leaders in an organization or in, in a startup or in a business to like you do as a, as a professor, take the students in a completely different way. And the other part is from a student perspective, going into the organizations and trying to lead themselves and lead, lead pieces of the organization afterwards, understanding the complexity, like you said, with the 10, 10, 10 rule, that is, hey, we come from different worlds and we need to learn to work with each other. And if you're a leader in this context, that requires a different mindset. That's true because because we don't live in in the the situation now is we have different generations all in the marketplace, right? So at the workplace versus we one large group or from one generation or or where you think about one generation is passing the baton to another. No, we we don't have that. And, and you have to, to understand it. And from a business perspective, you have to be able to adapt and really maneuver. Um, so so that, that was a good, good point with that. And, and that's the offense. You have to understand the environment and you, you have to, so you were asking what skill, you have to be active. So as a professor, I have to, I can't go, I can't make myself younger. I wish I could, I try my best. But I can't do that, but I can look at the data. I can understand what, 
younger people are doing, I can understand who are my students, what are their age groups, what are they into, what things are they doing, so I can continue to uh, move forward and innovate in the classroom to work with them, work with, and, and then find particular partners, so publishers, and using uh, textbook and materials that align with that. Then on the, the flip side, I got to see what other people are doing. So if I find something that's interesting that someone else is doing, that's my defense. I got to, okay, I got to figure out, maybe I copy this and I figure out, okay, they're doing this. Maybe I take that and, and really, I, I'll say it, steal that idea and then use that to help to develop it and, and grow. Yeah. Uh, what I, I still remember when I interviewed you on my podcast, I think it's almost a year ago, if not longer. Yeah. One of the things you have done different than what I have experienced, at least in my education, you have worked with the new tools out there. So you, you gave the example that you, you have been teaching uh, using uh, Instagram, for example, that, that mm -hmm. you're going live on Instagram teaching, teaching your students, which for me is like not existing in from a formal university perspective where I grew up, it's like never ever that a professor would ever do that. So, mm -hmm. so I, I like that very much that you, you're kind of going with the technology and what's going on from a trend perspective to enable your students to provide the right skills, but you adapting to where they are rather than trying to get them into, like you said, reading books, sitting a long time in, in uh, the library and, and, and studying, which I guess they do as well, but it's, it's just different types of learning these days. Yeah, because the, if you think about the student today, they're multitasking constantly. Um, and, and you think about the individual. So you and I, we, if you think about, we do really, if you think about it um, and you look at the data, And I, I looked at some numbers and, and I'm just throwing numbers out there. So they talk about screen time on your phone being, let's say, uh, six hours or eight hours and, and things. And you see these long periods of time. And I said, well, how can you, well, how, how is that possible? How can you be on Netflix and on your phone because you're on multiple platforms? So you might be at home and you've got Netflix on for a movie that's two hours but you're also scrolling through Instagram, right? Or you're checking your email, you're, so you're on your phone. So you have to think about that people are multitasking, they're doing multiple things. So it's very hard. So when you talk about the example about the students sitting down and reading, yeah, you know, they, they'll read, they'll go to the library, but they're not just gonna sit there and read the book. They're gonna read a little bit. They're gonna get onto the, to the phone. They're gonna check this, they're gonna chat here, send a message. So there's a whole, um, you have to, to, to keep that in mind and you have to be willing to go uh, where, well, for me, where my students are, but also where your customers are as well. Um, an another example of that, when you think about business, and, I, and I'm always into the social media aspect of this because I like to see how the, these battles, I call them battles that are going on. And... Uh, right, right now, um, there's, there's a battle. Well, the first battle you saw with Instagram copying TikTok yeah. and the reels. And then, uh, 
what is it? Uh, be be real came out in France. It's a French French app that became the number one app, and TikTok has has copied uh, be real with TikTok now. So I don't know if anyone has seen that feature. And then there's another app that was actually part of fa Facebook bought. Well, it's it's based off of a Facebook app. Now I can't think of the name of it. And then uh, um, is, is it, uh, I, I can't think of the name of this app, but there's another app that's now it's number one. And it, it you know, you send secret messages to, to people and it's only for high school students. And that's the number one app. So you see all of these twists and turns and battles and copying here and there to keep that screen time and it to that's what I call the defense. Yeah. To pull people or to keep people on the platform. TikTok is copying Be Real to keep people from leaving TikTok and going to Be Real. You know, and Instagram is copying TikTok to try to maintain people on its platform as well while it's it's trying to innovate so i think that's very interesting and all of this is happening in almost real time so if you think about it and i go back to let's say 20 i want to say 2019 if i talked to some of my students about tick they would laugh they said what are you talking about that's for little little babies little kids get on TikTok." And now, it would, the, I think in the United States, it's 200 million. They have 200 million users. Yeah, it's huge. <laughs> and no one's laughing. <laughs> yeah, it's huge. So, so this is very interesting. Yeah. I, I just realized um, that I have now a couple of followers who are business followers on TikTok because I'm posting my videos there as well. So it, it's, it's not the small kids. At least from a photo and from a name perspective, these are 50-year-old people quite interesting yes yeah so th there's a question from paul uh, thank you i see by the way all the comments from everyone thank you very much for the for all the awesome comments uh, brian paul and so on um there's a question from paul which fits into the topic so he's asking if there are any tips on how to keep yourself across all the different angles in relation to what you need to be defending against that's a good question. First of all, uh, know your industry. So, so know the area that you're in. Learn as much as possible about the, the industry or the area that you're in. And then understand where you fit in that area. If you think about tools to, to uh, help you do that, there's something, uh, oh, you're in the Netherlands. Dr. Alexander Osterwalder, uh, who's from the Netherlands, he has a business model canvas. That's a great tool to, to, uh, to, to work on, but know, know your area, know your business. Then you have to really just have your feelers out into different areas, different areas and look for different ideas in different areas, in different spaces. I think that is, is very important. So in other words, having an open, uh, having an open mind. Um, and on, on that point, it, just, just a tip and, and what really uh, resonated with me, I was listening to a podcast. I think it's the podcast for it's billionaire mindset, billionaire podcast. I was listening to this podcast and they had the guest on there and the guy was saying, 
I mean, he read an absurd amount of books. I mean, it was like, I, I can't, it was 20 books a week or something. It was a, it was a number. I, I, I don't know if you ever um, kind of casually listen to a podcast and then all of a sudden something catches your ear and you're like, wait a minute, I, I got to hear this. So the guy, you know, gave out this number of books that he's reading and the host asked him, I'm like, wait a minute, how do you read these books? And I'm wondering, how did the guy read, you know, read all of these books? And he said he's trained himself, number one, to listen to them on high speed, audiobooks hmm. on high speed. The second is, and I thought this, this answers your, your question on, on the, the mindset. He's not, he's, he's listening to these books because his, he's training his mind and his mindset that if I can get one idea, so I listen to this and I'm just looking for one idea. And if I can, and, and he listens to all types of different material from different industries, different areas, different books. If I can get one idea, that idea might help me to make uh, more money. I mean, that's really what it came down to. So he's constantly listening and looking for new ideas. So I think that's important as well. Knowing your industry and having that mindset on, on ways to improve right? And how you can maneuver and improve and do something better. And then also looking for other ideas from wherever you can get it to add it to your industry. Like I gave that example with Netflix, which is a streaming platform. They're copying TikTok on their app, right? Which, which is a social media app. So, so, and you know, matter of fact, if you go on Netflix, they have a little thing where you can like so it's just like you're on Facebook or something. You can like the movies and add your favorites. So looking for different ways to to improve. So that that was a great question, Paul. Yeah, I, I would like to add because I, I'm doing the same with audiobooks. By the way, not 23 oh. books per week, but one or two. I I'm managing as well. If you if you double the speed, it's quite cool. But I like oh, the wow. idea of like getting just one idea because you don't need to listen to the whole book to, to get yes. that one idea. Sometimes you get two ideas and sometimes you get zero. It's cool. It, I, I agree. This, this kind of this learning mindset, because at least what I have seen for myself as well when I grew up, when it comes to working in, a, in an organization, working in a corporate, you think you, you only have one way to succeed, one way of the right way i think to in today's time where things are moving so fast it's better to learn different things and getting different perspectives because you have a, a far better breadth of what's going on in this world if you just read let's say if we take this topic's leadership and 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 you're not looking into history you're not looking into technology development you will miss out in understanding things like you mentioned with TikTok and the different technologies and as well the multitasking part if you just focus on how do i speak to people um it's just one dimensionally super important mm -hmm. yes that's that's true and and i think you have to uh get comfortable with uh I guess I'll quote Yoda. You have to unlearn what you've learned and you have to be comfortable with uh, being uncomfortable and being able to, uh, and I guess it goes back on our conversation before, focusing on 
on skills and understanding how things are because it is moving so fast and things can change and you need to see be able to discern what is important you know when you when you talk about leadership i i think about you know there's different theories on leadership one of my favorite is uh dr douglas mcgregor theory x theory y and he came up with that i think in the 1960s now then someone else the theory theory x y and then z so they added a, a you know an, an, another one and then you will see there's different spins on that so things uh, continuously maneuver and and are changing another example is in my field uh, accounting you know we talk about uh there's a uh business intelligence software, so a Microsoft Power BI, um, that's big in the conversation. Tableau is big in the conversation. I was just in, in a conference in San Antonio. Uh, the, 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 uh, the partner at uh, KPMG, they were asking what software is important. Alteryx is important. So there's another software, so there's something else. I mean, there's still Power BI is there, but there's something else that's that's important. So being able to, and then and then he was talking about another software that's being developed that they're looking to use, and then they have their own software. So you have to be willing to to uh, learn and to have an open mind, and and it, and also to to be to, to have a sense of friend. I, I call it friendly competition. In other words, you, you gotta, you know, what can I do better? You know, and, and that doesn't have to be a negative thing, but you, if, if you know your, uh, going back to what Paul was asking, if you know your, your industry, your environment, you know your closest competitors, um, you know, you know who's ahead of you, behind you, next to you, what can I do that's, that's better? How can I enhance that? And that doesn't have to be a bad thing, that can be, be friendly competition as well. Getting us towards the end of our conversation, I'm, I want to ask you two questions, two different, different perspectives on the same question. One is, what are tips you would give to young people that are starting into the world of working, like leaving the university, starting working, and want to approach a leadership career? What uh, would be like one or two tips you, you would give them in starting their life in that way? Mm -hmm. That that's a good one. I give them two. So so one is think long term. So right now, you you well at least here in the U.S. many uh, of I guess younger uh, uh, individuals entering the workforce. If they're not getting promoted within six, six months, eight months, they're looking to leave. <laughs> so they're looking to go to another job. So there's not that thought of longevity, which in the end, in, in my opinion, can impact them because they haven't built up that if if they're constantly leaving and not having that long term view of a career or the employment, they wind up not having a long work history or developing skills or bu building things. So I'm not saying that they need to, to stay somewhere for you know 10 years, but if you're thinking about leaving in six months, if you're not getting promoted to go somewhere else, 
that can impact you in the long, long run. The other thing is to find a mentor. I think having a mentor is very important, particularly someone who's ahead of you. Um, and, and many times mentors can be, you, you know, in-person mentor may be hard to find. If you can't connect with someone uh, personally, then there's books, get a book, read about someone what they've done and kind of help to, to level set your, your perspective. So I think those two things, long-term thinking and having a mentor. Great one. If, if we turn this towards an experienced, let's say manager in an organization, someone who is, let's say 20 years in their career, working already, having responsibility in an organization, what would you, tell them from a leadership perspective what they should think about? Mm. From the, the leadership to have an open mind, to understand the, the, the workforce and particularly the workforce in their organization. So the, the workplace in general, we talk about, um, what is it, uh, millennial, but or gen, you know, we've got uh, gen, baby boomers, Gen X, Gen Z, there's generation alphas entering the, the, the workforce as well. So we've got all of these generations in the workforce. So understanding their needs, what they're looking for, and then also understanding the, the workforce in your uh, organization. And again, it, it goes to having that open mind of really, it, it, you got to kind of go with the grain. Or, or else if you're going against it, you're really kind of fighting. You're, you're fighting against what's move, uh, moving forward, right? So I think you, you've got to have that forward uh, thinking view. Um, also friendly competition. You got to be competitive, looking for ways to innovate what you can do to move ahead because if you don't, someone else will. And that could be detrimental to your organization. Love it. And fun. Anything we have forgotten, I still I don't see any more questions here from the audience. If anyone has more questions, you're welcome to post them as well later on, wherever you see this. Um, did we forget anything, Emfon? No, no, we didn't. This has been great. Yes. Awesome. Emfon, thank you very much for spending the time with me. It was a pleasure having you on the Succeed um platform and it's really appreciated that that you took the time thank you very much yeah it's an it's an honor thank you yeah and for everyone who is watching this live of course we will put this into the platform it will be up latest tomorrow um in a cutted version um with the show notes as well the links to the books mform was mentioning i will try to get all of that together until tomorrow <laughs> saturday um Yes, thank you very much. And tomorrow is already the next webinar where Sanjay, uh, a friend of Emphon and myself, uh, yeah. will be teaching a webinar as well. So everyone who is who is joining that live, log into wearesucceed.com and check out all the other webinars as well. And if you have questions to Emphon, you're welcome to post them inside of Succeed or wherever you see these videos. Thank you very much, everyone, and see you next time. All right.